You're listening to a Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Podcast. It's the most wonderful time of the year, or it was a couple of days ago. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, correctly pronounced for a change. Uh, Kwanzaa, whatevs uh, you're doing, Happy Solstice. Um, this is the Savage Lovecast, and I am Dan Savage. Usually this is a call-in sex advice podcast, but this week we invited our listeners to call and share their stories of holiday-related sex humiliation, because sex in the holidays don't mix too well. First of all, you're packed full of food and sex is just uncomfortable and usually off the menu. But also the holidays are a very non-erotic moment, I feel, in the year. You know, you go online, you look at personal ads. I really have a beat and I only look at them for, you know, professional reasons to keep up with the lingo and the sex practices of the folks that I'm advising. But you go on and you look at the personal ads, gay and straight, and oftentimes you'll see this particular genre of half-naked, dirty, online personal ad photo that I find very disturbing, which is the naked dude with a heart on standing next to the Christmas tree wearing a Santa hat or the girl on all fours giving us the full roadkill bent over in front of the crash. Like I've seen these pictures where there's a, a, a woman giving you her manger and there's a manger, an actual manger in the shot and it's very – not erotic, very disturbing. Um, so we decided that we would invite our readers to share their not erotic and very disturbing stories of holiday sex uh, with you, each other, with our listeners, our listeners to share with our listeners. And we would just, for this podcast and this podcast only, get out of the way. I would shut my mouth. The uh, tech savvy at risk youth would stop shooting me dirty looks, which is 80% of what happens during a podcast recording session. Uh, and we would just let you guys share. Share your deeply disturbing stories of non-erotic holiday sexual encounters, many of which involve the sudden appearance on the scene of an appalled parent. Enjoy. Hi, Dan. I have a horrible holiday sex story for you. About six years ago, my long-distance British boyfriend, Nat, was coming to visit me at my college in California. And then together, we would road trip up the coast so he could meet my family in Seattle for the first time. Because we would only get to see each other a couple times a year, it was super important that we get to sleep in the same bed. I told my mom that we would be staying in a hostel together instead of at her house because I knew she would not be comfortable with us sleeping in the same bed under her roof, even if we promised to not have sex. However, she hated the idea of me being in Seattle and not staying with her. So she begged us to stay with her, but just stay in separate bedrooms. I held firm that we would be staying in a hostel. Finally, she caved and said that we could stay in the same room at her house. So I agreed that, okay, we'll stay with you. Uh, after my mom asked Matt if they have Christmas and eat chicken in England, I'm not making that up, she was giving him a tour of the house and pointed out my bedroom and then pointed to another room and said that that would be his room. Mom and I got into a really heated argument because she had lied to me about the rooming situation. We reached a compromise where she would let us sleep together in the same room as long as it was, one, in the rec room, which does not have a door, on the fold-out couch. Two, my younger brother had to sleep in the same room on the floor. And three, we had to sleep in separate sleeping bags 
that we had to promise not to zip together to turn into a giant sex burrito. So Matt, my brother, and I set up for our evening flipping situation and decided we're going to watch South Park before bed. Matt and I were already in our separate sleeping bags on the fold-out couch when she came in and wedged herself in between us under the pretext of watching South Park, which is a show that she hates, and then proceeded to pretend to fall asleep. We waited until the show was over, and then I gently nudged her awake, saying very nicely, Hey, Mom, hey, you, you can't sleep here in between Matt and me. You need to go to your room. She went into an absolute rage at this point now that her second ploy had been busted. My dad was so absolutely mortified by her behavior throughout this entire ordeal, her lying to us in the first place, her forcing my brother to sleep in the same room as us, her attempt to sleep in between us, and her overall appalling behavior, which I have not gone into at all, that he offered to take us to a nice hotel, his treat. Amazingly enough, Matt did not run screaming from me after this ordeal, and in fact, three years after this, he even married me, and uh, we've just celebrated our third wedding anniversary and are approaching our seventh year together total. So that is my terrible holiday meeting your partner to your family story. I hope you enjoyed it. Happy holidays. Hi, Dan. A few years ago, we made some, my husband and I made some homemade eggnog and the, the real stuff, the heavy cream and the, the separated eggs and the real ground nutmeg and the rum and the whole deal. And we had quite a bit of eggnog with the family for dinner and um, and after dinner and before dinner. And uh, we went to bed later that night and I gave him a blowjob and it was the most shocking thing. He tasted like eggnog. It was incredibly surprising and actually really kind of nice. <laughs> Hi, Dan. Season's greetings to you and the Tech Savvy at Risk Youth. About 14 years ago, I was young and single and it was Christmas time. And I was heading over to my father's for a bit of, uh, you know, festive holiday family celebration like you do over the holidays. And I was looking more forward to it than usual because uh, my cousin, his uh, niece and um, her mom, my aunt, were going to be there from out of town. And uh, I didn't know them very well because we grew up in different parts of the country. But I did know that she was around my age and she was cool and interesting and sexy and sort of a spirit granola way. She was also recently single, but I also knew that in this day and age, one does not have any conscious, at least romantic designs on one's cousin. That's seen as kind of taboo. So I wasn't really consciously thinking of that. And I decided um, I'd give a friend of mine a call and see if he wanted to come along and meet her and see if maybe they would have some kind of connection. And he was game. So the two of us uh, went to my dad's. And as it turns out, my friend and my cousin didn't really have much to say to each other. He spent most of the night talking to her mom, but um, her and I got along surprisingly well. We never had an opportunity to, to sort of converse that much, so much so that we decided to take the party downtown to the pub sort of near my place, and the three of us, my friend, my cousin, and I went down there, and we got a little drunk, and uh, he eventually went home because he realized nothing was going on there, and we realized we were too tipsy to drive her back to my dad's place in the suburbs, so we decided it'd be better off if she slept in my place because I only lived a couple of blocks away. So we get to my place, and uh, at this point, I really start to have a conflict because I'm sensing all of the green light sort of instincts you have when you when you sense that a romantic advance might be well received. But then again, she's sort of you know technically related, so maybe there was an artificial sense of intimacy that I was feeling there. And I realized if I did make a move and it wasn't um, welcome, that could be probably the most horribly embarrassing thing I could possibly do. But as it Turns out, praise alcohol for this. 
I decided to throw caution to the wind and make my sloppy pass, which turns out was quite well received. And she was of the same mind. So we retired to the uh, bedchamber and had a very enjoyable night of everything short of vaginal intercourse and woke up the next morning a little hungover, but not at all uncomfortable or squeamish about waking up next to each other as cousins. And um, after a chance to brush her teeth and drink a big glass of water, we were back at it for round two. So if that's all there was to it, that would have made for a very memorable Yuletide story on its own. But as it is, uh, 14 years later, we're still together. And uh, happily so. And we've got two very normal kids. Uh, I was actually a little disappointed about that. I was hoping for some kind of circus freak mutation like a tail or some kind of cool ESP. But no, they're they're normal kids and we love them still. And it just got me thinking. Uh, anybody out there who's heading over to Grandma's for you know, Christmas dinner, holiday dinner, and you've got some distant cousins that maybe you've had your eye on for a while, but you didn't have the guts to proposition. And, uh, you know, you need to sort of scratch them off the Christmas list, maybe suggest while the rest of the family is dozing on the couch and digesting their turkey and watching the sound of music, retiring to a second floor spare bedroom and offering up a holiday blowjob or an enthusiastic round of cunnilingus to that certain someone uh, beats a pair of socks or a bottle of wine any day. Hi, Dan. I'm calling back to answer your call out about creepy Christmas stories. At the time, I was 24 years old, straight, virgin. Uh, I'd been brought up Buddhist, which meant I wasn't anti-sex, but no drinking and overthinking um, meant that I really didn't want to have bad sex. So I didn't want to have sex until I was sure I really wanted to have sex. My boyfriend at the time had been Catholic and then he went to the Middle East and lost his religion but he had done the abstinence thing so he was super understanding and did it all just, you know, really well. So after six months we had sex and it was lovely, it was wonderful. I came on first penetration as did he which would have been quick except for the six months of foreplay and it was lovely. Uh, I didn't really bleed, which I didn't bother me because I'd done gymnastics and horse riding and a fair bit of masturbating, so I wasn't fussed. And that weekend we went up to his father's house. When he said he'd been brought up Catholic, I didn't quite realise there was a Jesus on the outside of the front door and at least 19 to 30 Jesuses in every room, plus Mary's and assorted like prayer things on the walls so that was intimidating and I slept the night in the guest room and the next morning when his dad went to church I went up into his my boyfriend's uh, teenage bedroom and we had sex on his bed for the second time and I didn't know this could happen but I bled everywhere everywhere it was like his poor bed And so I spent that whole day or that whole morning driving around the national parks of Australia trying to find a rubbish bin to hide these sheets and feeling like a murderer, um, hiding the body in a trash can. So that's my story of uh, creepy Christian Christmas (laughs) with the family. Okay, so I was dating a guy in Portland, Oregon a few years ago, and we were pretty seriously into each other. And then uh, he actually owned a porn store. So after 
uh, about six months together, we actually went and spent Christmas with my family in Halifax, Nova Scotia. And uh, I had I, I, he was a little on the uh, risque side, I guess you'd say, being owning a porn store and everything. But um, I never expected the gifts that he had wrapped for my mother, brother, and two sisters were um, going to be sex toys. So uh, my mom opened up hers first, and as she opened it uh, and discovered a vibrator that looked like a small, sort of thick-style pipe pen, um, she actually said, well, what is this? Is this a pen? And... uh, <clears throat> to which I just said, oh, my God, Pat, what did you do? And Pat being the boyfriend. And uh, he just kind of smiled, and I, and she realized what it was. I think she finally read some of the packaging and realized. So she uh, laughed, and I said, put it away, put it away, before the uh, some of the younger kids that were there saw it. And uh, so come New Year's, we were on the phone with my mom. We were down in Vegas, and uh, she said... Uh, uh, he was on the. I was on the phone with my mom, and he said, "Ask your mom if she likes her gift." And I said, "I'm not asking her that, Pat." So finally, I said, uh, "Hey, mom, Pat wants to know if you like your gift." And she turned around and said, "Let him know it writes very well." Hey, Dan. This is a 26-year-old female. Um, about four Christmases ago, my boyfriend and I decided to spend it with um, our own families, and so we were missing each other and. On Christmas Eve, we decided to have phone sex, and during this escapade, um, my boyfriend's mother walked in on him uh, mid-climax, if you will, and um, so I made it for an awkward Christmas morning after that for him. I once hung a Christmas card on my girlfriend's Christmas tree, and in it I told her that on the day of her choosing, I would do anything she possibly wanted. She had a party and invited over all of her family and along with her little nieces and nephews. One of her nephews, who could read but couldn't quite understand what he was reading, was curious about the card, took it down and read it. He took it to my girlfriend and asked her to explain. She read the card and instantly shuffled him off into the kitchen where the Christmas cookies were. We had a long and embarrassed laugh about that later. One holiday weekend, my boyfriend and I stayed over at my parents' house, and we live together, so we usually have as much privacy as we want, so we decided to abstain from all sexual activity for the weekend. However, the first night, we had a few cocktails, so we kind of couldn't really live up to that resolution, so we went back to my bedroom and began some activities, and we had turned the TV on to stifle any noise that we might make, but we forgot one crucial thing. We forgot to lock the door. So several minutes into it, what do you know? My door opens and I, whoever opened the door witnessed me spread eagle on the bed with my boyfriend's head buried deep between my legs and then the door shuts. Needless to say, it was very awkward that next morning at breakfast, but nobody said anything much to my relief. And to this day, I still have no idea whether it is my mother or my father who has to live with that visual. Um, okay. Uh, this is an intentional gift that I've given to lots of people. Um, and uh, um, what I do, um, uh, I, uh, I buy a dildo, and it's got to be in a uh, box. Uh, many dildos are sold in, like, 
bubble plastic where you can see the the item inside. That's unacceptable. Um, it's got to be a box where you cannot see the item. Um, and uh, a uh, just a basic dildo is best. Uh, you uh, you take the the uh, the item out of the box, and uh, if it's a dildo, you replace it with a uh, a bottle of hand lotion, say something that's the same shape, and uh, then you gift wrap it. And uh, the gift wrap paper that I usually use is uh, anything uh, you you take uh, pages out of. Uh, Anything from like a Playboy or Playgirl up to the uh, the most graphic uh, dick and ass uh, to come on face, uh, you know, porno that you can find, um, and um, you know, presented to you know whoever your your mom and dad, whatever, and. Uh, you know, presented at a uh, holiday get-together where there's a crowd there. And, you know, then they, uh, they're they hesitant to unwrap it first. They see the, uh, the dildo box, and they can feel that there's something in it that seems dildo-ish, and they don't even want to get near it, and... You uh, you encourage them by saying, "Oh, come on! We all want to try it. Everybody wants to to give it a shot. I know I do." Um, anyway, uh, if you if you uh, need more info on that, uh, phone uh, the, well the phone number is where I called you from. Um, when I was probably 24, maybe you know 10 years ago when sex toy parties were kind of a rage, a friend of mine had gone to one and bought me a sex toy. It was a small vibrator in the shape of a lipstick that she had sent to my house for Christmas. But by the time it got there, I had gone to my family's house in upstate New York. But my brother, who was at my house at the time, drove to the location in upstate New York, having to go through Canada. So he had put the box in the car, and uh, I guess when he went through customs, they insisted that he open the box. So he opened it, <clears throat> didn't say anything to me about it other than when he gave it to me, he said, like, they made me open this at customs and kind of tossed it at my feet. I wasn't really expecting it to be a vibrator, uh, but it was. And I was really embarrassed. We're not a very open family like that. But so then I hid it for the rest of the time I was visiting my parents, and I tried to take it back with me on the plane. So I hid it again in the car when my mom drove me to the airport, but I forgot it there, and I've never seen or heard from it again, other than I know she must have found it. So everyone in my family saw it and knew it was from one of my friends who was a good friend to the family also. So Merry Christmas, everyone. Hi, Dan. My story comes from uh, my childhood. I would guess about age 14. We had a routine that, uh, at, at Thanksgiving and Christmas. We would drive about 100 miles to visit my aunt and uncle. And they also had a grandmother there and a, a cousin who was a year or two older. 
And after the turkey, after the, the meal was consumed, I felt really tired. And it was not unusual there for somebody to lay down on the couch and just take a nap for a little while, which I did. And a period of time passed, and I felt something kind of pleasant happening. And then I woke up, and I woke up to look at a room full of people, my aunt, uncle, cousin who was enjoying the hell out of it, my grandmother, my mother, and my father, all looking sort of embarrassed. Nobody was talking, and they were all beginning to talk about the weather and that sort of thing people in the Midwest do when they're not sure what to say. And I looked around the room, and I thought, what, what is going on here? And then I looked down and see that I have an erection, and I have just climaxed, and I was wearing a pair of fairly lightweight khaki pants, so they saw the whole thing. <laughs> what do you say? I just sort of rolled over on my stomach for a while, and they continued to talk about the weather, and then I finally got up and later went to the bathroom and tried to kind of clean it up a bit. But that was my embarrassing holiday story, and I appreciate your listening. Thanks. Hi, Dan. I hear you're looking for Christmas stories. Well, I have one for you. Um, see, I'm Jewish. My boyfriend is also Jewish. And, you know, people are always like, oh, don't you feel left out of Christmas because all the stores and restaurants are closed and you have nothing to do. And you know what? Christmas is the one-day year where my three wonderful housemates whom I love very much, but Christmas is the one day where I know they're going to be gone all day. So while they're at their family's places, decorating the tree, eating fruitcake, and having a big meal, it's the one day where my boyfriend and I can have the loudest, craziest, most uninhibited sex of the whole year. So to all of you people out there celebrating Christmas, just think of your Jewish friends or your friends who don't celebrate Christmas and what a wonderful time we're having while you're all gone. Happy Hanukkah! So it was a Christmas uh, a few years ago when I was in high school, and me and my girlfriend had just gotten back to her place for my family's uh, get-together, and um, her Christmas tree was up, and the presents were all out. It was Christmas, early Christmas morning, about 2 or, two or 3 o'clock in the morning, and uh, she just looked so good um, under the lights of the Christmas tree that um, I just had to uh, go down on her and um, laid her down under the tree and was uh, just going to town and uh, heard a noise and I looked up and her mom was standing above us looking down and I was frozen and said the only thing that came to my mind at that time, which was Merry Christmas. And we're going to leave it there. One programming note, we're actually recording this show the week before Christmas, although you're listening to it after Christmas and before the new year. Uh, And I may be dead because uh, Terry, for Christmas, we keep Christmas. I know the Bill O'Reilly's of the world, they think that we secular humanist, uh, pole-smoking, faggot, sex advice columnists hate Christmas. Well, we have a big Christmas tree every year. We have a big Christmas party on Christmas Day. We have decorations inside and outside of our house. We have a creche that is never in a dirty photograph uh, that's ever taken in our house. Uh, We do Christmas up. And for Christmas Eve dinner this year, Terry is making goose. Goose is something Terry has never prepared before, and he found some recipe online where you basically serve the breast raw. So I'm having raw Christmas goose this year, and it just raw 
poultry just sounds like a bad idea, but that's what I'm staring down the barrel of for Christmas Eve dinner. So if I'm not here next week, you know who killed me. Uh, but a Merry Christmas, uh, what's left of it, and a Happy Holidays, and Happy Hanukkah. Didn't mispronounce Hanukkah, mispronounced Happy, which I reserve the right to do. Happy Hanukkah to uh, all the listeners of the Savage Lovecast, all the readers of uh, Savage Love, all the followers of at fake Dan Savage on Twitter, and me and the tech savvy at Chrisk Youth. We'll be back at you next week, another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks everybody for downloading. <laughs>